0: What's up? I'll tell you what's up. Jim Rutherford. Jim Rutherford's stock is up in a big way. All right, it's officially Canucks Talk now. Jamie Dodd and my co-host, Canucks Insider Thomas Trantz, also covering the team for the Athletic. Canucks Talk brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Be a champion on the worksite. Find them together online at DLEAMC. Dot com. We are live from the Kintec studio, Kintec, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet? What are you waiting for? 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Drancer, glad to have you back for the for today of all days, buddy. What a press conference.
1: What a press conference, my dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been running around because I was there, yep. and then I did TV, and now I'm on the radio. Amazing. And <laughs> the magic of media, of multimedia. Anyway, the presser today was such a compelling contrast, right? Now, let's open the whiteboard and we'll get into it in headlines because there's so much to unpack. We're going to do it all over the course of two hours. Fans are going to hear from Jim Rutherford exclusively on this station on Canucks Central, so stay tuned. And, you know, again, a ton of meat on that bone. We're going to be chewing for a couple hours here, so let's open the whiteboard and get to it. Yeah. I'll save my takes. All right, out, fellas. Hey, let's
0: focus up, huh? Uh, of course, it is the whiteboard. Your daily deep dive into what's up with the Canucks today, January nineteenth. We start with the headlines, and uh, no, we're not going to start with the two-one win over the Arizona Coyotes last night. We will start with Canucks president of hockey operations, sick win though. Jim Rutherford, good win. Jim Rutherford signing a three-year extension to remain in that position with the team, and as a result, we get to hear from Jim Rutherford, and very notably, and we'll get into this side of things as well, from owner Francesco Aquilini at Rogers Arena this morning. So Jim Rutherford, a three-year
1: extension to keep him in Vancouver. Now, Rutherford had a year remaining on his deal. I would assume, then, that this takes him three years beyond this, uh, beyond that, Mm -hmm. and doesn't supplant the final year of his current contract. So, uh, Jim Rutherford here through 2028 or so, and well-earned, right? I mean, When I think about where we've come, and and for me, given my personal experience, I cannot divorce the press conference that I just attended from the two press conferences that I attended in January of 2023 that opened the year. Club was 27th in the league by point percentage at that point, 28th, uh, depending on the day. And they came back from this road trip, a cataclysmic road trip, although they Beat the Carolina Hurricanes in the in the final game of it. You know there was a ton of tension around the the Tanner Pearson injury status. The Bo Horvat situation was still lingering. Should they trade Luke Shen was a major discussion mm-hmm. point ahead of the deadline. And Rutherford gave a press conference and addressed all of it. And uh, you know about ten days later, Rutherford gave another press conference and introduced Rick Tockett. Now I think when we consider the turnaround, what brought us to today. That to me, that moment where they hired Rick Tockett, nailing the coaching hire, is the moment... To say the least. To say the least, (laughs) is the moment that the script flipped on Rutherford's tenure, what this team could be, right? Since then, he's been an unholy heater. And by the way, this matches Rutherford's M.O., right? Like, we talked about it, even in the Nadir... Right? That Penguins example was something we kept bringing up, mm-hmm. kept coming back to. Now, I didn't think, I didn't know if you could go on that type of heater multiple times in your career, but Rutherford seems to have done it again, right? You go from the talk it higher, the club's played at a 108 point clip over 81 games since then. So that's like a full season now. The Horvat trade, right? The Heronic trade, super controversial. Widely panned, by, especially by me. Mm-hmm. And that added nitrous to this team, right? That was the perfect fit for Quinn Hughes. Like, a, an unbelievable 99th percentile hockey fit in terms of what that pair has been able to accomplish together. You go through to the Oliver ekman larsson buyout, something that, you know, ultimately I think was the right call, something we talked about being... I mean, remember they, remember they came out at the end of season presser and said, we won't do buyouts? And yeah. then every day... You know, we were talking about it, and I'd be like, I'm not ruling that out. It makes too much sense.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. But the they o- had the stones to do it. And they had the stones to do it, and what for it to be a good move, they had to nail the cap space, and yes. that's exactly what they did. Right. So Susie, you look at the key contributors this year that they signed directly as a result of the OEL buyout. How good was
1: Carson Soucy last night? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's been such a good fit for this team. Unbelievably adept puck mover. And by the way, hugely missed in Seattle. Right? Like- I really I really see Susie as like a guy you almost don't appreciate his value until he's out of your lineup. and then you're like, oh man, we really miss that six foot four drink of yeah. water <laughs> who just like makes smart moves with the puck and makes zero errors. Uh, anyway, Susie Bluger, Suter. Mm-hmm. Ian Cole. Ian Cole. And the best part about it is only five million of that is committed for next season right like only only Suter and um, Susie. Susie extend beyond this year and both are value both are like efficient contracts then you get to a a, a series of floor raising deals right Zadorov uh the Beauvilliers, sending Bovillier out Lafferty to Smith. to Smith yep and like just pecking away at the edges of this roster right i mean my concerns coming into the season forward size Mobility on the back end, right? Depth and net. Well, Lafferty helped bring in some forward size. Uh, Desmith helped shore up the defense, and then and then honestly, Rick Tockett and this play, this team system, I think, has helped allow this team to make get the puck moving north, uh, just effectively enough, right? Like th- there's no issues. This team is not getting bogged down on a regular basis. Even if you know, I I do think the key to beating this team, like the the way that team you're seeing it. I mean, this is not m- like a hot take. The way that teams approach this team, they're still trying to attack their, um, or uh, attack their attack at the stem, right? That's that's, mm-hmm. it, but that's a lot of teams. <laughs> that's not unique to the Canucks. Anyway, you go through that, and and then you come into the season, and and there was you know a lot that went this team's way. No question, there always has to be in pro sports. Rutherford, I thought, had a very mature formulation in, in advance of the season. If everything goes our way, we'll get to where we want to go. Even today, he reiterated, like, I'm, like we're ahead of schedule. This is better than I expected. And consistently reiterating, we have a lot, lot of work left to do. A lot like, of this work is, left to do. We're
0: still in the early stages of this process.
1: And we'll get to this, too, because that was in stark contrast with the ownership representative on the dais with him, right? Francesco Aquilini, who understandably, right, is a little giddier about what the Canucks have mm-hmm. accomplished to this point than, than Rutherford's, you know, stone-cold realism, from that, from the point that they hired Tockett, this has been an incredible heater. Like, you know, with the exception, I suppose, of Kuzmenko, although that extension was done prior to the Tockett hire, I think it was in and around the same time frame. You know, I, I, almost no perfect. Like everything is hit, and you know, honestly, this just—it's just been a badass run. Like there's there's nothing else to say about it. This has been a badass run from a hockey Hall of Fame executive that has brought this team. Even even if you're someone who's like, well. You know, I don't know that this team is going to sustain this for the second half. Like, this team's still got to be, got to be. Even the most negative possible analysis, like, 10 points better on true talent than we would have expected in yeah. September. You know, like, I mean, we came into the season, I was like, I think they're a 93.5 point true talent team. They're at least a 103 point true talent team on form with the way they're controlling play, with the with the multiple ways that they can beat you. And that's... Because Rutherford's done an incredible job, and his hockey operations staff, of course, and Rick Tockett, but he gets credit for the Tockett hire. He took a lot of bullets to make that happen, right? The, no perfect. Everything, every bet they've placed has hit. This extension is got to be one of the easiest decisions yeah. this franchise has that's made in I, 10 years.
0: That's what I start off my reaction. I mean, like, what would the argument against it even be? I no, can't, no, I can't even none. think. Like, why would, you, why would you hesitate at this point? And, you know, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because – we're so focused on the day-to-day and the minutia of the team. And I don't say that as a, as a criticism. I mean no, That's the way that's, you follow the team, right? That's what we do. But hearing Francesco Aquilini speak and focusing so much on the reaction from fans and the excitement and kind of the big picture. Like, you know, hearing him reference the days of 2010 and 2011 and when there was that buzz and, you know, going on road trips and all of that. And, of course... Of course this is important to ownership because that helps you generate money and it increases the value of the team and all of those things. But I did think it was just a a useful kind of step back, look at the big picture. And when you're thinking about it in those terms, from where the Canucks brand was when Jim Rutherford was hired to where it is now is night and day. And if you're an owner... That matters so much more than, hey, our prospect pool is better now. Or, you know, Abbotsford's looking really good. They're doing good development. Like, oh, you turned the brand around and made people excited again? The, the discussion kind of ends there. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you're hired. Just stick around and keep doing that. Well, the, the word revitalization
1: mm. was in the club's official release, and I thought that was, you know, no perfect. That's exactly it, right? Revitalized the energy around this team. Um, you know, and, and by the way, it's not just where the brand was when Rutherford took over. Right? It's where the brand was a year into his tenure, 13 months into his tenure, 18 months into his tenure. Right? But the work that they've done has changed that. And that's why this was an easy, easy deal. My question to Francesco was about timing. And I think this is a really important thing, especially given our relentless editorial focus over the course of three years. Mm Because, you know, since we started the show, the club has fired two coaches. Right? A gen- and a general and a manager. General manager yep. So, I mean, a fair bit of change in our in our two and a half seasons yep. uh, working together and, and talking to all of you fine folks out there listening. One thing that I've constantly hit on, right, is the alignment of incentives in this organization's repeated inability to align the long-term sort of interests of the organization with that of the shorter-term, necessarily, interests of, of middle management or management. And... In this case, the clearest buying opportunity for the club in 12 years, right, to get this done now, seven weeks ahead of the deadline, as the club, you know, works through exactly how they want to go about things, as they weigh what they're willing to part with to improve this team and, and you know, the responsibility that Rutherford made it very apparent that yep. he feels to give this group of players and coaches, the traveling party that has accomplished what they've accomplished to this point, their absolute best shot going forward, to have a manager who has security is everything, right? Now, there's no move that Rutherford can make, will make, you know, that that can even be spun on in the way of well it was important that the club get playoff results given his contract status. Now, I you know, I think Rutherford given what he's accomplished in his career wouldn't be tempted to behave like that anyway, but organizationally you can't put people in those spots. And and again, over the years as we've criticized or carved this organization, one thing we've constantly said is oh, you know, people are not being put in a good spot mm. to succeed or we've really harped on this, so This is the first time in my time back here where I think the club nailed it. I think getting this done now matters. I think it allows Rutherford the flexibility to think long, but I also think it provides him the flexibility to think short, to go all in, in a way where those moves cannot be seen as being motivated by any personal interests, but instead are about Actually bringing a Stanley cup to this.
0: I think that's key because it's easy to look at this and say, well, he has more term here. He's going to be around for longer. So therefore he's more likely to, you know, be a little bit more conservative and Hey, keep that first round pick. Cause he can actually play for you while you're still the president of the Canucks. And look, ultimately, depending on how the market shapes up, maybe that is the direction they go in. But I think it cuts both ways. I think it absolutely makes it easier for you to take that really legitimate big swing. Yep. I think it makes it easier for the owner to sign off on it, certainly. Because as you said, if you're going into the last year of your contract or your job security is in any way at risk or kind of shaky, and you're going to the owner before the playoffs and you're saying, hey, I want to trade Prospect X in our first-round pick, that might be a tough conversation with the owner. It's not now, right? There's no And, and there's no fear from Hockey Ops now that – Oh boy, if we take if we put our necks out and make this kind of trade and it doesn't work out, what's that going to do for our job security? You know what I mean? Now we can say, "Hey, we're doing this cuz we think it's the right thing to do and we know ownership has our backs and we're going to be here even if the downside scenario happens." The content of
1: today's announcement was dead on, the timing is just as important and is dead on. Bullseye from an organization that struggled in this arena for for much of the past decade, frankly, but especially Uh, especially pointedly struggled with it over the last five years. So I I like that part of it too. Content-wise, you know, definitely the contrast between ownership, right, who understandably is like, we're on pace for the President's Trophy. This could be as good as 10-11. Maybe this is our year. And Jim Rutherford is like, we've got a lot to do. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're ahead of schedule, but, man, there's a lot of work to do. You know, taking nothing away from the players and coaches. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I thought that was sort of a a fun – Subplot to what we watched unfold at Rogers Arena. Let's open the broadsheet and get into Pedersen Kuzmenko. Okay,
0: let's do that. We'll we'll treat that as the the rumor situation mm-hmm. rumor portion of the uh, of the whiteboard for today. So the commentary on Elias Pedersen from Jim Rutherford, you know, very similar to what we've heard, right? We can be patient here. We're not anxious. I he, did think it was notable, but he said, look, if it gets to the offseason, that's when things get serious, which is, of course, absolutely correct for all of the he's an RFA, not a UFA thing is correct. He can't walk at the end of the year, though. Yeah.
1: And, and and also, you know, it's worth noting that's a harder statement mm-hmm. than the like, we've got another year. He's a restricted free agent. I thought this was the most like Frank that, this, that the situation has been
0: captioned by a Canucks executive to this point again job security right you can be a little bit more frank a little bit more direct right. in these circumstances but the other thing that really stood out to me no and need I, to
1: sugarcoat it now no
0: no not that Jim Rutherford does a lot of sugarcoating anyways <laughs> when he speaks to the media but uh, I gotta say from my perspective I was thrilled with the three-year extension just for that reason if uh if nothing else um and I know you pointed this out on Twitter of course the other thing that stood out in relation to Elias Patterson was Francesco Aquilini unprompted without the question being directed to him making sure to say from an ownership perspective, it's vital. We're prioritizing retaining Elias Pettersson as well. I thought that was really interesting. Really interesting. And
1: then ownership jumping in, right? Francesco jumping in on that question and reiterating ownership's desire to keep Pettersson around and his desire for Rutherford to reach a conclusion to those negotiations should be noted Pedersen was asked by media following practice today about the situation. And if anything had changed regarding a desire to negotiate in season, given the on ice success, um, this is from uh, my former Vancast co-host Farhan Lalji. He said, Pedersen's quote is wait until the end of the year. So stasis, except that we got a little bit more context Mm -hmm. and a little bit more of an understanding, right. Of the, Ownership hockey management dynamic here, right? Like, there is a real desire to get this done, organizationally speaking. Um, last thing, last thing, bigger picture before we go to Kuzmenko. You now know, without a shadow of a doubt, because we've heard Canucks ownership talk about this team now, right? We now know going into the next seven weeks that this club believes, yeah. die in the wool believes, that they've got a shot to win it all. I'm not, I'm no editorial spin for me. I'm just saying from a, like, there's the what they should do bucket mm-hmm. and there's the what they will do bucket. I think we got an awful lot of the what they will do context. Like, this team wants to win now. And they believe they can.
0: And a quote that stood out to me, and I was making very, very similar points on the show yesterday without you, Dranser. But you know, Jim Rutherford says you can make the right changes, and it still doesn't work. There's a risk, but there's also a risk in not improving the team. And he even referenced, you know, teams around the league that he's seen in the past be really good, not do anything to improve the team, oh, and then they go out early.
1: I, that was the best quote of the thing. That was the most Rutherford, realist, like. I loved that formulation, the idea that you can add the right guy and it won't work, right? And that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And there's a risk, too, to not trying, right? Like, the idea that you're only taking a risk if you make the big swing, that that's a misnomer, is dead on. And the the fact that you could nail it, process-wise, and still fall well short, I think is also a, a tremendous formulation. Like, just... That's that's Rutherford at his absolute best.
0: And to me, again, I already expected, given Jim Rutherford's history, for the team to be active ahead of the trade deadline. But coming out of this press conference, definitely expected even more so than I did before, oh, yeah. uh, than I did as of yesterday. Well, and maybe some housekeeping too, right? Not just ads. Because
1: Rutherford was asked about Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko, of yep. course, didn't play a single minute in the third period of a one-goal game, a physical game against the Arizona Coyotes. Was clearly culpable, right, for the for the breakdown on the Arizona Coyotes' late Game-tying goal. Travis Dermott scoring on Pride Night. Let's go. Congratulations to him, yeah. I don't know what we do more than the coaching staff has been doing, said Rutherford, who repeatedly during the course of this availability talked about Rick Talkett in particular and his ability to hold the entire team accountable. Mm. He's lost his confidence, but he's a good player and he can score. There's no doubt in my mind whether it's in Vancouver or another NHL city, he will score. Another NHL city is certainly the, yeah, the like, whoo, <laughs> part of that quote. But I do want to note, not to, not to agree with Rutherford too much, but man, he's dead on. Like we see, especially for scoring wingers, so many different things impact their productivity year over year. You know, we don't have a huge sample with Kuzmenko. Like, I don't have the same level of confidence that I did about Brock Besser bouncing back or Connor Garland being really good with as I do with Kuzmenko because, you know, Kuzmenko's played what 120 NHL games now, whereas mm-hmm. those guys had had longer track records. You know, and in Besser's case, it was like 400 games at a 65 point per 82 game pace coming into this coming into this season, and people were down on him. It's like, guys, that's top line production. Anyway, Kuzmenko. I still, I still think that this guy, I'm not so off my priors from last season that I don't think that this guy can make a difference and be a game breaker, uh, if paired with an elite player. I, I do, however, worry that he's a round peg in a square hole in terms of how this team wants to play and the importance on like the importance of like relentlessly winning battles on the wall, mm-hmm. really being in position on the forecheck. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be the fastest guy on the ice. To, to be forcing the sorts of turnovers that we're seeing every shift from Brock Besser, for example, right? But but I just don't, Meko's just not in the right place to make those plays on a consistent basis. And he doesn't have the speed that, that, you know, this north-south system really prizes. So, you know, I'm really struggling to see the fit or how this gets better here. And that's why the another NHL City thing, yeah. I think, looms large, especially because this team's going to need to find some salary matching options.
0: Well, that's the thing. Be, it the be, if it was just a case of, oh, this isn't really working out and we're struggling to you know get this player going like we want and have him fit into the system, that would be one thing. The fact that it's also the clearest opportunity to open up salary if they do want to be aggressive at the deadline, you pair those things together and – it's difficult for me to reach any other conclusion. And you never know, right? The the trade has to be there. All of it has to work out. There's still things that could happen otherwise. But reading the signs as they stand right now, it's pointing in that direction. And so when Jim Rutherford says, or another NHL city, (laughs) who knows? Then, yeah, definitely worth taking note. Um, Okay, we'll wrap up the last few portions of the whiteboard here. But obviously, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about what Jim Rutherford and Francesco Aquilini had to say. Uh throughout the course of the show, the final ninety minutes of the show. So don't worry about that. You can keep sending your texts in. Uh quickly, no lineup notes for today. Of course, the the Canucks play the Leafs tomorrow, early game on Hockey Night in Canada. Hockey Day. Well, sorry, in there, Canada. there's a
1: lineup note. Okay. Linus Carlson recalls.
0: Ah. Now,
1: we haven't seen this team use a ton of recalls when they're at home. Surely Kuzmenko's not gonna come out of the lineup on, on a Saturday night game against the Leafs ahead of the deadline, right? I don't know. Why not? It seems notable that Carlson's up though. Yep. They so got an extra
0: I, forward to play with. I
1: did want to bring that up.
0: Um so there you go. That is a, a good lineup note. Playoff forecast you missed a big day yesterday. The Canucks crossed the threshold from ninety nine percent to hundred percent. Let's go. Per Dom's model, fifty nine percent chance to win the division. Oilers all the way up to twenty seven percent. Hope you uh, for for all that for all that we're uh, sorry ninety seven for the
1: Oilers. They're not no twenty
0: seven percent to win to finish to win the division.
1: Well, think about it this way: if the Canucks finish the season, I had someone on Twitter tell me that point this out to me. If the Canucks were to go from here to the end of the year at a at a six hundred point mm-hmm. percentage, which by the way is good, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it's not. What the Canucks have been doing, but you're talking about a 99 yep. point pace, like it's not a bad. It's a it's a healthy playoff team pace, and the Oilers were to go at point seven, right? Mm-hmm. Which is you know a, a really what the good Canucks pace. have done. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a President's Trophy winning pace. Yep. The two teams would end the year tied. Ha! <laughs> Just funny, like you know we're we're now within the anyway we're. Well, I think
0: the the big thing is the chances of the teams meeting in the first round are becoming slimmer by the day with the way they're both playing and the right. way they're both racking up wins. Yeah. Because one at least one of them would have to fall all the way to third in the Pacific.
1: And and I do want to note, too, like, I you know, I, I was uh, away sick last night, so I was not at the Canucks game. So I had like two screens going at at three because I had my iPad out and I was like, hockey, 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 let's go. And so I had the Canucks on on the big screen with the with the volume, and I was like, "Man, I can't wait to watch this Rangers Vegas game." I'm sure it'll be. Mm-hmm. And then Vegas made such quick work of them that it was the game I watched the least. <laughs> like, it was like um, Vegas still scary when they turn up. They can be for sure. Um,
0: any gambling updates? Should we go to break here?
1: Canucks are going to win everything. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Still the favorite <laughs> for every major award Yeah, <laughs> that the NHL
1: hands no, out. And, and, and no no major changes. I mean, Demko's been on such a heater, though, that I, I do think the fact that he's still tied with Hellebuck, while interesting, you know, I, I think you can look at that as, like, better value. His mm. last his last 11 games, he's been just sensational. But no movement elsewhere, right? Like, Rick Tockett's still plus 185. Quinn Hughes still the favorite for Norris. Um, and the line not open yet for tomorrow, so... Uh, As mentioned,
0: Canucks and the Leafs on Hockey Day in Canada tomorrow. Big national spotlight game for the Canucks with their president fresh off signing an extension. And uh, we will talk about that matchup a little bit with our pal from the Fan 590, Justin Cuthbert. Get his reaction to the Rutherford extension as well. That's coming up next year on Canucks Talk Sportsnet 650.